Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Locked On Nationals podcast. My name is Josh Neighbors. This is episode one of the Nationals Rewatchables, the 10 best games of last season, five regular season, five postseason games that really tell the story of the 2019 Nationals season. Connor Jones and I will go through them. The first game, May 24th, 2019, Nationals 12, Marlins 10. The Nats come into this game 1931. And really, we're up against the wall. So we hope you guys enjoy our presentation of the Nationals. Rewatchables, Nats Marlins, May 24th. Right-hander coming set. Runners lead first and second. Think about how he's going to win it right here with one swing. Soto, loud sound, deep left center. See you later. It's 11 to 9. Hello, everybody. Locked on Nationals podcast. This is part one of our new series, the 10 most rewatchable slash important slash best games of the Nationals 2019 World Series campaign. Joining me tonight, Connor Jones. And the first game we have is a Nationals 12 to 10 win over the Marlins on May 24th, 2019. And the skinny on this game is this. It was right when the Nationals were that specific record 1931 that is a record that every single person always points out connor how many times have you heard when people talk about the nationals world series season well nationals were 1931 and they turned it around how many times did you hear that that number specifically plenty of times 1931 and may 24th go pretty hand in hand you hear that often as i was mentioning to you before we got started this one may be one that some people out there might not remember quite as well because kyle mcgowan was the starting pitcher so people could have potentially tried to block this one out of their their brain from the get-go but like you said 1931 this is the day where where things really started to get rolling for the nats so this is this game's fun and this is why we pick these games it's fun to talk about these is that they were at a low point, and we've got categories we're going to go through here, but I think it's important first to give context, is that the Nationals have just come back from City Field where they were embarrassed by the Mets, and they are now in a position where they're at home against the Marlins, and they should do well. This game did not start well. The the Nationals were behind from the get-go, and as you said, McGowan was a starter. He faced off against Pedro Lopez. The the Marlins jumped out to an early 2-0 lead, and the Nationals played catch-up basically the entire game. And there's a couple moments that I want to highlight here is that there's an error in the, I believe it was the fourth inning, where uh, Robles makes it and it goes to 4-1 to one Miami. Pablo Lopez, a chance to really help himself here. 2-1 from McGowan, broken bat, up the middle, base hit. Ramirez going to score, rounding third, Alfaro bottled in center by Robles. And up to third goes Miggy Rowe. A 4-1 lead for Miami. And you're just kind of at the point where you're like, well, you know, this thing feels like it's falling off the wagon. And Nationals fans have seen it too many times. I I don't think they expected to see that kind of play because the Nats make five errors in this game, mind you. They did not expect to see that kind of play, even though the team was this bad. Four errors, I think it actually was. But in this game, it really comes across like the Nats were still playing the brand of baseball that they had played up through May 23rd. Four errors, the bad pitching, that's that's the kind of thing that typically takes away any chance you have to win the ball game, but 14 hits that kind of, you can overcome that every once in a while. And that was one of those nights they found a way where really the, the formula for victory wasn't necessarily there that night. Cause you can't count on 14 wins, but you know, like you said, four errors, 
lots of bad pitching. It's it's really one that's it's actually surprising that they were able to win that game. It's funny you mentioned that it's four errors because I actually one of the notes I have here, and we'll get to the more of this later. But Trey Turner made an error. Well, actually, it was counted as a base hit uh, late in the game that made it nine eight. Miami definitely should not have been scored as a base hit, which it was because the, the the I remember this, the Marlins announcer goes right before this. The Nationals have made four errors tonight, and then Trey Turner they scored as a base hit. I forgot who had it, but it, it goes off his glove and goes into I believe center field. Um, and it really felt like there was two points, both of the Robles and Turner errors, that made it feel weird. But for the categories, let's go with why this game's important. Obviously, 1931. The headline coming into the game, not and usually we're going to make up these, but we don't have to make up the headline coming into the game. I've got one for you right here, courtesy of Barry Savolga at the uh, Washington Post. Who cares about Davey Martinez in a lost season Nationals to face tougher decisions. This was on May 23rd, 2019, just the day before, right after they lost the Mets in a day game. Um, that headline writes itself, right? We don't, I mean, that was a scenario. 19 and 31, they just got embarrassed in New York by a team that was considering firing their own manager, and the Nationals' backs were up against the wall. Yeah, I think, honestly, what he wrote that day, and he's written a lot of great articles. Um, for the Washington Post about the Nationals, it's kind of something we were all thinking. You know, at that point in the year, you you're coming off of a, a sweep to the Mets, who who aren't really any good. Not just a three game sweep, but a four game sweep. It's just it's pretty demoralizing to go on the road, lose all four games, come back at home, and and you get down to Miami at home and in a home game puts you in a really really tough spot because the season's kind of on the ropes at that point. And when you really look back at what happened on May 24th and the days leading up to it, it kind of makes it even more improbable, the run that they went on uh, from that point forward. Do you hate stepping on the scale? Maybe it's because you haven't met the right one. A company called With Things produced the world's first smart scale, and they are still the best. In fact, Tom's Guide rated With Things Body Plus the overall. Tom's Guide rated With Things Body Plus the best overall smart scale of 2020. If you are looking to lose weight, willpower is key, but so is having the right tools. With Things smart scales are known for their durability and exceptional user-friendly design. Step on and data from every weigh-in syncs automatically to the free app for iOS and Android via Wi-Fi or Bluetooth. Lots of smart scales don't have the Wi-Fi option, and it means you have to use your phone and have it on you at all times. But with things, Body Plus gives weight, full body composition, weight trend, and even a local weather report. The scale can support up to eight users, and it even knows who is who. So here's the deal: you can get 25% off a With Things Body Plus right now at WithThings.com for a very limited time. Go to WithThings.com, W-I-T-H-I-N-G-S.com backslash MLB to get 25% off. Body Plus Body Composition Scale. That's W-I-T-H-I-N-G-S dot com backslash MLB to get 25% off Body Plus Body Composition Scale. And that's what makes the game itself so impressive is that they just hung in it. They hung in it. And they were getting beat by a bad team. And then all of a sudden, the back end of the game rolls around. And, you know, they're down in that eighth inning. And Matt Adams... 
and Juan Soto go back to back. And that is the first time I thought all season we saw the legitimate championship medal of this team. And not it didn't seem like that at the time, but it was a bit of resiliency, right? The, the ability to say, no, we are not going to go down in a complete ball of smoke in, the, in a pretty irrelevant game, but we're, we're going to take care of business here. And they did, they won three or four games in that series, but Soto and Adams in that eighth inning on a day where the pitching was pretty unspectacular, they got the job done. In this game, I think you see a lot of the character that the team ended up showing five months later in October. A lot of that was displayed on May 24th when you're looking at a team that's that's already down. They've lost four in a row to the Mets. They're down again to the Marlins at home. They're staring their fifth straight loss in the in fifth straight loss in a row in the face. They're staring 19 and 32 in the face. And Juan Soto is able to come up with a three-run homer. They battle back. They win that game, and that, that's the kind of thing that you go on to see later in the playoffs when the team is they're down three to one to the Brewers, they're down three to one to the Dodgers, they're down three to two uh, in the series to the Astros going on the road, they're down uh, two to zero in the game in Game Seven against the Astros. But all, all that stuff that when the whole world was paying attention, I think you look back at May twenty fourth, the day things kind of got turned around, and you kind of see where those you see those traits exemplified on that day and then you you go on to see on a day where really not really anyone in the baseball world or maybe even Nats fans were paying attention. Yeah, one thing that you saw exemplified, the Nationals' inability with pitching. I mean, seven pitchers were used uh, from Kyle McGowan to, to Ross to Grace and, and Rainey, Sip Bearclaw and Doolittle all uh, had opportunities for Nationals to pitch, and it was never good. And they made their they made the bats bring them out of the hole but they did, and that's what resiliency, uh, you know, that's that's what you see there. And I would ask you this now, our next category, what was the headline for you coming out of this game? Just I mean, looking back on it now, what would you say the headline is coming out of this game? And for me, it's Nats finds some life. They're able to cling, Nats, the Nationals cling to life is mine. It's the Nats' willingness to battle back for me. Because that the like I said, the formula to win that game, that's not something you want to repeat. You, you're really happy with the way that the bats stepped up, the way that the guys stayed focused and, and decided to battle back instead of rolling over. But as far as all the errors, the pitching, if you're Dave Martinez, you're like, well, we won today, and that's a start. That's a step in the right direction. But at the same time, there's so many things that have to be cleaned up to make that uh, a consistent formula going forward. Um, we get to our next ward, and this is stolen from the, the Ringer, their rewatchables. Uh, and their Sports Rewatchables podcast, the Dion Waiters Award for the best performance by a role player. This one's got to go to Big City. Today, his, his home run kind of padding that lead, it, it really meant a lot for the Nationals because they, they they got a scare even with the lead at the end of that game for the Marlins. Ferrero ready. Here's the pitch. Swing and a drive by Adams. Deep right center field. Way back. Going. 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 Goodbye. Yeah, Matt Adams steps up, and really, he it was kind of the icing on the cake to the Juan Soto homer, where he get, Juan gives you a two-run lead when you're uh, previously down by one with one swing of the bat. It's an, also a game where Kyle Bearclaw was able to, the bullpen as a whole, was actually really able to get you through um, 
more innings than you would have probably anticipated at that right. point in the year. Because eight of those 10 runs were actually given up in the first five innings by exactly. Kyle McGowan and Joe Ross. And then you see some guys step up who really at that point in the year, you weren't used to seeing step up at all. Matt Grace um, it didn't make it through the, the year on the roster, but he gave you a scoreless inning that day. Tanner Rainey was able to strike out a couple guys and not give up any runs that day. And Kyle Bearclaw, who also, uh, similarly to Matt Grace last year, did not have a, a strong year at all, but was able to to come in and, and give you a, a shutdown inning in the eighth to give the offense a chance to come back uh, in a one-run ball game in the bottom of the eighth when they came to the plate. That kind of caps off this one, and, and these podcasts will get longer as we go along, especially once I think once we get to these Mets games, because I have a couple, I, the last two regular season games we do are going to both be Mets games, um, we'll have a lot more context to add, but with this game, just know that this was a big moment, and I know a lot of fans might not remember this moment because there's a lot of big games, but the ability to just hang on for dear life, I, I don't think we can, under, we can understate how important it was. Yeah, that's one where you're gonna look back at it, and you're not gonna you're not gonna love how it was done because you know you can't count on 14 hits and 12 runs every night. But you're gonna at the same time respect and appreciate the way they got it done, and that's that's by staying in a game when it really can't be fun to do. So you're down, your your confidence is shaken after a four game sweep. You're losing to a bad team at home. People are talking about firing your manager, and you're still able. To, to stay in there and get the job done. Yeah, and then that, that kind of, now we turn our attention to our next one that we'll have uh, in here in the coming days. Connor, can I interest you in the black eye of Max Scherzer uh, and a broken nose and him pitching seven scoreless innings? Does that interest you? That does. I think that's one that's going to interest the common fan even more because that's one where June 19th, things are starting to get rolling and people are starting to pay attention again. Make sure you guys don't miss it, Connor. You and I will be back here in the coming days with our next prospect previews. we got a, p- a lot of pitchers to look at, some some future bullpen arms. Yeah, hopefully the Nats can start to develop some bullpen arms and maybe some even some starting pitchers down the line because uh, as much as the as good as the free agent market's been to the franchise, it's always nice to, to develop some homegrown talent. Yeah, so we'll, we'll talk about a few homegrown arms coming up next. And then also, too, we will talk about that Max Scherzer game with the broken nose uh, pitching. So, Connor, thank you for joining me tonight. And uh, talk to you next time. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the Locked On Nationals podcast. Two programming notes. Make sure you check out our part one of our prospects preview that's up on, up on Locked On Nationals. So is my interview with RJ Anderson of CBS Sports from Wednesday. That one's pretty evergreen, so you can listen to that one really whenever you'd like. And then also, too, make sure you listen to the Locked On MLB podcast as well as the Locked On Fantasy Baseball podcast all part of the Locked On Podcast Network.